Welcome to Youngest Court Podcast, episode 11. I just want to start off this episode by um, thanking David Stern, who, you know, we kind of, we lost a legend. Um, he was the commissioner of the NBA for 30 years um, during the 90s and 2000s. He made some huge changes in the NBA. He made the game more international. Um, and he started the WNBA, the Women's Professional League, and the NBA G League, as well as the Developmental League. And one key thing he did for me that I noticed is he made um, a more professional outlook for NBA players. I know the 90s was kind of signified by players dressing any way they wanted. And he kind of changed that for the best for players. I just want to start off with that. Um, also, the NBA is, is still talking about um, the playoff change and the consideration of reseeding the final four teams. And I think that they should stay away from that. Um, I've been seeing some people debating whether it's a good or bad thing, but um, we're going to we're going to miss out on some some great rivalries if we make that change. Um, All-Star game coming up uh, in February, and uh, it's going to be in Chicago. And we're starting to get some commitments from players already. We have Luka Doncic, who's been the the leading vote-getter for the NBA All-Star games. Um, And you can see why, as he's been uh, having an incredible season as a 20-year-old. And he's already an international superstar based on the fact that he was playing in Spain um, before he came over here in the EuroLeague. Um, some other people that we have that committed are Derek Rose, the skills competition, be great for him. Going back to Chicago, put on a show for the fans there. Three-point contest, we have Duncan Robinson from the Miami Heat, uh, Luka Doncic as well, and Trey Young. Um, I'd also like to see Tyler Hero and Joe Harris added to that, that list of three-point contest um, contestants. Um, for the dunk contest so far, we got Derrick Jones Jr., Dwight Howard, John Morant, and Zach Levine in what looks to be a very competitive dunk contest. Uh, early favorite for me is Zach Levine. Um, I think they should think about adding uh, Vince Carter to the dunk contest. Uh, it, it, it might not be pretty, but uh, greatest dunker of all time. We would love to see him go out and uh, you know show us whatever he's got left in the tank. Um, he also became the first player to play in four decades. Incredible when you think about it. That uh, we're we're in 2020. Welcome to the new year, everybody. <laughs> My first uh, episode of the new year, and this guy has been playing uh, in four decades, or had played a game in four decades. Incredible. <clears throat> um, the top 10 best trade pieces for uh, the trade deadline, which is actually approaching February 6th. Um, I I made a list so people can keep on their radar. Um, You know, some players that would be very valuable to other teams. Um, At number 10, I have Andre Iguodala. The reason I have him at number 10 is he's probably, you know, a top five um, player when you think about players that could be traded around the league. But the fact that he hasn't played a game and his age, we don't really know what type of player we're getting at this stage um, of his career and, and this stage of the season. But he's definitely... A player that if gets moved can help um, a team and and the LA teams are are definitely um, waiting you know for for him to be traded or or help out either those two teams. Um, At number nine I have Trevor Ariza. 
similar player uh, to Andre Iguodala. Um, he's also not playing, just basically sitting the bench in Sacramento. And I think he he either a team that's a contender could get him, and he could help in certain stretches in the playoffs. Um, at eight, I have Kevin Knox uh, from the Knicks. The Knicks uh, haven't really been developing him, or he hasn't been developing himself. And uh, I feel like he needs a fresh start. And this happens to a lot of uh, young Knicks players. Sometimes they just need a fresh start. And I, I know he's got tons of talent. He can shoot. But I don't think that's um, the primary part of his game. I think he has the potential to be a, a good defender, an above-average defender, a good two-way player. And I think the Knicks are just looking for him to spot up in the corner and shoot threes. And I'm not sure if that's his game. Um, at seven, I have Cody Zeller, um, who's on Charlotte. And he'll, he'll be a good rotational big man for a, a contending team. Um, he, he's... Uh, you know, not somebody who's going to come in there and wow you, but he, you know, uh, every team needs, uh, you know, size in the playoffs, especially, you know, if you look at the Clippers and, and the way their matchup against the Lakers, the Lakers dominate inside. Um, they dominate at the forward and at the forward and, and guard position. So it'd be an intriguing player to add to that roster. Another intriguing player to add to that roster would be Tristan Thompson. I have him at six. He's averaging a double-double. Um, on a Cleveland team that's definitely not making the playoffs. Uh, he can help tons of teams. Um, I know any playoff team, um, he would be great coming off the bench. And uh, for some teams, he could be a starter. Um, at five, I have Deion Waiters. Um, if you get past the three suspensions he had this season so far, he can be a very valuable scorer off the bench for for a lot of teams, especially because they're not playing him. It doesn't have to even be a playoff team or contender. It can just be a move to get a score. He's known to be a scorer in the league um, when you get him in shape and when when he's focused. At four, I have J.J. Redick. Uh, it's kind of weird because I feel like Philly should have re-signed him. And now we're looking at a guy who is, um, you know, right around his averages, right around 15 points a game. And he's on a team that they're definitely not making the playoffs as well. And he is a great trade piece. So you get a guy who can uh, space the court. Not a great defender, but he can knock down threes in the playoffs. And that would be major for a lot of teams. At three, I have D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think right now he's showing that he is a legit scorer in the NBA on a Golden State team that's you know, I think at this point it would be smart for them to make a trade, um, pile some draft picks. Um, you know, when you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson coming back, I'm not sure how he fits into that equation yet. Um, but I do know that he is a, a talented player, um, talented passer, talented scorer. So he would be great for a lot of teams. At two, I have Kevin Love. Um, he. Uh, recently has looked frustrated and came out and saying that he was acting childish. He was acting like a 13-year-old, not a 31-year-old. And I, who could blame him? Um, the situation in Cleveland is terrible. And he, he's still a player that can score 25 points per game if you you give him the amount of touches. And I think they're very invested in their, their two young guards, um, as they should be. So I, I don't think this is a... Is a 
good destination for Kevin Love to stay in, but only time will tell. And at one, we have Kyle Kuzma. Um, he's not the best player on this list, but I think he's got the most potential on this list to go to a team and really be a 20-plus points per game scorer. He's already at 18 uh, last year, and I feel like with LeBron and AD uh, and his recent his trainer's recent comments um, about LeBron, it, it would be a good move for Kuzma to get out of uh, LA and go to another team where he can be the focal point or you know a second option to that scoring. It's incredible to me that uh, he is at the lead of trade talks, considering this is a guy averaging 12 points per game off the bench and not in heavy minutes with LeBron and Anthony Davis on your team. So he's still the third. Uh, option. He, 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 to me, he's a very important piece uh, to that roster. And I think they, they should keep him, but he, it looks like they might be looking to trade him. Um, just a quick touch up with the Knicks and Nets um, and their forecast for the season. Um, after watching the Knicks with new coach Mike Miller, I see a lot of the same problems. Um, I think he's definitely playing uh, his young talent more than David Fisdale, and he's utilizing R.J. Barrett a little bit better with the, his minutes. Um, I think Fisdale was definitely saying he was all in on the rookie, as Mike Miller is, but he's he's not playing him them 40 minutes per game, and I think it's been it's going to be more beneficial for R.J. Barrett uh, going forward. But the Knicks uh, this season is, you know, it's it's done for them. Uh, you know, they have a lot of things they need to figure out with their roster um, going forward and what guys fit and what guys don't. Um, and I'm very interested to see, you know, what changes are made or, or, or are not made as well. Um, and then the Nets, seven-game losing streak. Uh, you know, first, I, I think this is, you know, just the wear and tear of the season. They don't they didn't have a lot of depth with the injury to Karis LeVert, Kyrie, KD already out, and they need Karis LeVert to come back and be healthy and play because it adds an extra scoring punch. Um, a guy who's a proven scorer starting to prove himself, and then Kyrie, we we don't know what's going on with him in his shoulder. Says he can't lift it to shoot. Um, that, that's not a good thing. And uh, you know, if we can get both of those guys back, get a rhythm. Um, you know, the Nets just aren't shooting well over this losing streak. Uh, they were off to, you know, a little bit of a hot start shooting-wise. Um, and then it's kind of they're in a slump, literally in a seven-game slump. So I, I think this is, you know, they're still in the eighth seed. And, you know, it's always time to turn it back around. But they've hit a low this season for sure. Um, NBA Power Rankings, uh, top 10 teams, not much change. Um, from my last power rankings, but uh, nonetheless, at 10, I have Utah, 21-11. Um, um, they're back in the power rankings, uh, and, you know, they're on a six-game win streak, and is definitely due to the Jordan Clarkson trade. Um, getting him from Cleveland was huge. It was a steal, and it really added some offensive punch to their team that was really struggling off the bench. You couldn't name a scorer off the bench, and... Um, this team is looking like the team that they should be. Uh, not a contender, but right there, you know, in the in the midst of being a 4-5 seed and 
make, creating a very tough matchup for whoever gets the, the one seed um, in the playoffs in the second round. And at nine, I have Philly, um, 24 and 14. A team that has the size and ability, uh, but they definitely need a trade for shooting. Um, and spacing has always been their problem, um, having Embiid and, and Ben Simmons playing on the same team. Uh, team, when you look at them on paper and you actually physically watch them, uh, the size uh, of their team is it rivals with the Lakers, who are also, you know, very big in size, but um, they just missing spacing and shooting. And we keep hoping for Ben Simmons to be able to knock down or take um, open threes. And, and it's just not translating. At eight, we have Toronto. Um, defending champs just not letting, you know, letting down. They're just staying in the hunt all season. Uh, a team that I, if there was a, every team in the NBA was playing, was playing on that night, I would not choose to watch them. Um, but Kyle Lowry is just proving he is an all-star in this league. He is cusp superstar in this league and he just continues to do it even though people the talk on him is is he a superstar point guard he just continues to put up um you know big performances really in the clutch moments and that's why toronto they're a team that can really close games and is good at home and a team that has a lot of experience returning from you know just winning the championship at seven uh 24 11 um houston Harden is just having a ridiculous season so far, averaging 38 points per game. And we're, we're not even talking about him being um, the top candidate for the MVP race. When we talk about the MVP race, we're talking about Luka, we're talking about Giannis, and I think Harden and LeBron are basically paired up um, right now for you know that third that 3A and 3B for for the MVP race. And it's really like this, the the numbers that I watch or or I see um, from players after the games are just ridiculous. You know, you think about a guy averaging 38 points per game um, and it just sounds crazy. Um, You know, that's nine to almost 10 points a quarter and he's doing it every single night. And, and we don't know, you know, when we're going to see a, a player do this again. Um, but it, it, incredible. Uh, at six, uh, Miami, uh, 24 and eight, um, NBA best 17 and one record at home. And it comes down to, to effort and defense for this team. Um, you, you turn on the TV and watch Miami play. You're going to see a lot of different players playing very hard. Um, on the defensive end, and then really swinging, moving the ball, letting guys touch the ball on the defensive end. I mean, on the offensive end, and then a team that can really shoot. Um, so it really stretches you out defensively. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, the progression of Bam Adebayo, he could very well be the most improved player this year. And just a host of other guys just stepping up in rookie of the year candidates. And, you know, we know Jimmy Butler's having you know, a, a good season as well. At five, uh, we have 25 and 11 Denver. Um, <clears throat> this team is a serious sleeper contender. 
And I think we would be, you know, we would be smart to start putting them a little bit more on our radar, given that, uh, you know, last episode I talked about Michael Porter Jr. and him getting thrown into the, the starting lineup is huge for them. One of their previous first overall picks is also could be a sleeper for a rookie of the year if he continues, uh, you know, the rest of the season playing at, at the level that he's been playing in the last few games. Um, he could very well come on strong, and it's a, it's a really dangerous team with a lot of young talent, um, a, a lot of uh, size and ability to defend and score. I really like Denver, and Jokic uh, just, you know, this, this past week had a 47-point game, and he is one of the best big men in the league. At four, I have Boston. Um, they're up a spot to switch with Denver from my, from my last power rankings. And, um, you know, the more you watch this team, the more you start thinking, could this be a team that could win the East? Uh, and I think it could be a team that could win the East. Their, their one issue is definitely inside play. They don't have a real rim protector um, defensively. So if they match up with a team that has size, that could really be a problem. But when you talk about perimeter players, they can go, they can throw four, four or five at you at any point. And really the resurgence of Jalen Brown, um, he's having a breakout season. And we're seeing um, great play from Kemba, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, as expected. And Boston is looking very prime at this point in the season. Um, at three, I have uh, the Clippers, 26 and 12. Um, I just continue to look at their roster and, and look at their record and say, who it doesn't match up. This team shouldn't have that many losses. They should have more wins, be one of the teams in the league that is leading the, the win category. But then we keep talking about this load management and it's consistent for them. And, uh, you know, for Kawhi, it's proven to work. And there's a lot of people out there that don't like it. But, uh, you know, when we look at the end of the season, we'll look back and say, and their whole team is healthy in the playoffs, and how our team is going to deal with them. And, you know, if it's working for them, uh, it's going to start. Other teams are going to start doing it. We're going to start seeing more and more load management to guys who are already being paid um, a lot of money. Um, at two, I have the Lakers. Um, I still think the Clippers are a better roster than them after, you know, them playing on Christmas and playing early in the season and the Clippers winning both games um, but Lakers are 30 and 7 six game winning streak and last night I stayed up late to watch the smackdown of the Knicks um, and you know but they walked out of that game with eight uh, uh, Bobby Portis getting ejected for you know taking out Contavious Caldwell Pope on the Lakers and then also um, AD left with the tailbone injury um, or Bruce is back and they're saying he might be out two to three games um, nothing major, uh, but the Lakers looked very dominant last night. And fit, go figures that they ended up winning by 30 um, after um, what had transpired with, you know, a Knicks team that had zero chance of winning last night in L.A. And at number one, we have Milwaukee. Um, this is going to be the number one team on, on anybody's power rankings, probably for the rest of the season, as long as Giannis is healthy. 32-6 and uh, six record. Still at one and leading the NBA with um, 119 points per game and uh, 12 points per game differential. They're really just winning every game this season comfortably. 
um, beating the teams, uh, you know, beating all different level teams. They don't have that many losses. And, you know, at, at, at this stage of the season, um, you want to keep saying, OK, well, the L.A. teams are very good. Well, what happens if the, in the West there's some injuries in the playoffs because teams are playing longer series? Um, to get to the NBA Finals, and let's just say the Lakers or Clippers get there, but they get there through two or three six or seven game series, and then you're matched up with a Milwaukee team that a Milwaukee team that could very well sweep the first round, maybe the second round, get to the Eastern Conference Finals, win in a six game series, and could be extremely healthy, waiting um, in the championship um, to play whoever might be on the other side, and then what does that look like? Um, so I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, gonna, you know, say this team can't win a championship. Um, but, but, uh, I can understand why the NBA is looking to make these various changes to the playoff format based on how it's going to be very different going through the Eastern Conference playoffs this year than going through the Western Conference playoffs as it's, as it's been for a few years now. But uh, this year would be very interesting if, if Giannis can get his team over the hump. I know people are going to say no because of his jump shot. But, but we have to pay respect to a team that is just continuously proving uh, on a nightly basis that they are one of the best teams in the league. Um, I just want to also say again, uh, Happy New Year's and, and thanks everybody for sharing, listening to my podcast. I really appreciate all the talk that I have with certain people about whatever I say, whether it's right or wrong. And uh, I I just want to say thank you once again.